You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight, we're looking at the ninth episode of... Bugs, entitled A Sporting Chance. Ed, it turns out, is some sort of black belt in a curiously mixed-mode martial art. He is at Dr. DeFratis's school on an assignment. His job, to beat up students, which, with some difficulty, he does. In fact, his opponent, Jason, collapses and is taken out by convenient paramedics on a stretcher. Another student, Kane, aggressively threatens Ed after the fight. Roz and Beckett are watching via remote camera. Soon, Dr. DeFreitas explains, Dr. Hunter is using the sports program at her school to test an experimental, natural, performance-enhancing drug called trimeserone. DeFreitas thinks something is fishy with his medical experiments, and that's why she's called in experts in electronic surveillance and security. When you're a carpenter and all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Team Bugs decides the best course of investigation is to bug Dr. Hunter's office and illegally wiretap his phone. This pays off quickly, and they discover that Hunter is working with Colonel Easterhouse, a mercenary. Meanwhile, Roz sneaks into Hunter's lab and steals his computer files, but she's discovered and chased rather doggedly by Kane, who won't stop until he collapses and falls off the roof. Esterhouse needs this drug urgently, which doesn't seem to alarm Dr. Hunter enough, but he can't hurry it up because it's got a serious side effect. When some test subjects' heart rates hit 180 beats per second, a collapse is triggered. And in that moment, everyone in the audience knows two things. One, The writer of this episode has recently seen the film Speed, and two, that one of our heroes will be injected with the drug before this episode is over. What we do not know is whether it will be Ed, who we just learned is a championship black belt, or Roz, who we just learned was a championship distance runner. Tapping the phone leads the bugs to a strange, unfinished building with no doors. So when they get inside, they climb the elevator shaft up over 20 floors. Later, they discover the stairs, which don't lead to the first floor. They split up and discover the missing athletes, sedated and in a makeshift hospital unit, and a computer simulation of London. They also trigger a security system, bringing Esther House and his thug, Hex, chasing after them. They escape, and they figure out that his house is planning to create not super-athletes, but super-soldiers for a coup attempt. Esther House finds the bug's bug in Hunter's office. He takes, at gunpoint, Roz, DeFratis, and Hunter back to his secret lair, where he has Roz injected with the latest version of trimeserone, and then secured to a treadmill where she must maintain running with her heart rate between 140 and 180 beats per second. At 180, she might die. At 140, weights will crush Dr. DeFratis. 
Hey, I told you they'd seen speed. Eventually, she passes 180 and survives, proving that either Hunter's new formula works or that Roz is one of the people that don't collapse at a heart rate of 180. Either way, Esterhouse declares the trial a success. Meanwhile, Hex has used the bug's bug against them to lay a trap and thinks he's killed Ed and Beckett. They follow him back to the lair where Roz has staged an unsuccessful escape attempt, getting DeFreitas killed and Hunter injured, but Hunter has escaped into the building with the trimeserone. Roz doesn't get away and this time is strapped to a computer-controlled weightlifting machine that is too heavy for her to lift. There's also a very simplistic bomb attached to a ridiculously complicated timer mechanism. Amongst Esterhouse's formidable arsenal is a force barrier that keeps Ed and Beckett delayed until Roz can find her own way out of the weightlifting machine. Once past the barrier, Beckett finds Hunter and gets him away from Esterhouse, while Ed must battle Super Soldier Hex to the death. Knowing the building is about to explode, Esterhouse gets the drop on Beckett and Hunter and leaves them to die as he backs into the computer-controlled elevator to escape. What he does not know is that Roz and Ed have arranged for the bomb to be in that elevator with him, and so, as he descends to victory, he notices the bomb. Too late. Tag scene. Beckett is physically out of shape, and Ed likes chocolate. Ha 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 ha! Lol! These guys are just too funny! Oh, by the way, public service announcement. When it comes to drugs, you shouldn't try messing around. <clears throat> Never mind. All right. So, bugs, sporting chance. What do you think? Well, it's it's definitely settled into its formula. There's, <laughs> there's, <clears throat> there's a distinct reluctance to break out of it that I'm noticing, and I I'm always going to keep comparing these to the new Avengers, so I can't help but look at the way in which the new Avengers was quite experimental i mean even the old avengers was quite experimental throughout its entire run apart from i suppose when it sort of settled into a a slightly overcomfortable routine in the m appeal years and i'm surprised that they weren't more explorative in this first season in terms of sort of trying out some different things the the kind of notice noticeable elements that you really don't appear to be able to do without in this are the extremely elaborate plot to kill people using some kind of <laughs> absurdly contrived well te- i yeah. mean it's got to be technological in some way right and and the and as part of that obviously you've got to explain your plot so you know very much sort of taken out of the the worst of the Bond playbook. And as we have remarked before, without any exceptions, one of the team has to be put in jeopardy in order to get rescued, and it pretty much rotates around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's there too. I I still, I mean, in terms of enjoying it, I'm quite happy to sort of, you know what you're getting, I suppose. So I'm quite happy to sort of just settle in and disengage my critical faculties and watch things blow up to a certain degree. And uh, there's enough sort of 
um, wit and interplay in it that uh, sort of keeps it ticking along. But and and I mean, I think this this is a a well paced episode by a, a writer who hasn't written for the show before. Well, again, we'll come back to that. Okay. But but um, I I I did feel frustrated by the lack of you know oh, what the hell is this about. <laughs> I mean, some of the some of the other ones, particularly when Stephen Gallagher's writing them, you kind of get a sense of there is definitely something he's scratching away out there that he's interested in, uh-huh. whether whether it is to do with the the you know kind of feeding the world or surveillance or whatever, some sort of ethical thing, yeah, 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 and and I I was trying to figure this one out. There's there's maybe something about sort of fragility and strength well i mean there is something there because the 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 whole idea of trimezerone being that it doesn't actually create super soldiers by making them super it creates super soldiers by suppressing their 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 natural um inbuilt mechanisms that tell you no you shouldn't overextend yourself or that undermine your well, both your your confidence and, and protect your physicality. That, that's been around for a while. I I can't put my I can't put my finger on it. But there's a show pushing back into the seventies or the eighties where one of the episodes had to do with giving people something that basically prevented them from realizing that they were overexerting their body. So. Once the pain threshold was gone, they were willing to, you know, exceed their limits, uh, you know, with predictably bad results for them, but good results <laughs> for the person who is manipulating them. Sure. And I mean, that in itself gives you something interesting to explore because they're very keen in this episode for, again, reasons I'm not clear about, to draw parallels between sport and war and clearly if you're if you're uh, i mean there are numerous examples in wars of the the generals and the commanders using the the frontline troops in ways that are clearly not to their advantage and if they could get this extra advantage then they would and not that i'm making it but i can see you could argue that the systems in sport are exploiting young people and people from particular backgrounds where sport is the only way that you can kind of better yourself and, and get out from where you are that, that that there could be something i mean there's nothing like that in this episode it's just there are interesting aspects to what you describe i'm not going to disagree that i that i watched the episode and it was fun in that in a sort of bubblegum kind of way um, and you know, even the bit where they put it, the, he backs into the elevator with the bomb, it, it, that is satisfyingly constructed, except for the fact that it's really hard to believe he didn't bump into that huge cart. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's like, ha ha, we know something you don't know. There, there is a, there's that genuine sort of feeling you get when you know the villain's about to get what he, <laughs> he, he, he goes for. But. I think this has got the worst number of plot holes that I can think of. I mean, it just 
it just seems so contrived. Why is Dr. DeFritis have a school that has research going on that she doesn't actually seem to have authority over? You know, Hunter, you work for me. Let's get well, she some has answers. Authority but instead, she, 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 she doesn't know what's going on. <clears throat> well, <laughs> it seems to me like there might be channels way that you could go through rather than hiring surveillance experts. Why would? Yeah. Why them? <laughs> why well, it, well, except except that she doesn't she doesn't realize what's going on. But yes, I mean, of course, you're right that 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 um, it's not a kind of job where you would expect it to be resolved by using surveillance as your primary technique and the only thing that i i mean apart from the fact that obviously we you know we do have these parallels where in the avengers you know you have all these different kind of scenarios where you where you can bring them in as general crime fighters you know espionage mm. in all situations and i guess the parallel thought here is that if you if you are going to be a cutting edge crime fighter slash counter espionage agent, then you must be high tech because it's nineteen ninety five for goodness sake, and anything that can be done can be done better with technology. And I'm not sure that that that's so convincing. Looking back at it from twenty five years in the future. <laughs> And it wouldn't have been that convincing at the time. So, you know, it's... Since you mentioned the year, I'm just going to throw this out here before I forget it. The movie Speed, 1994. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I can't remember anything about the movie Speed. Therefore, I am not noticing any influence on this. I've never seen the movie Speed, but I do know that what it is is that a bomb is strapped to a bus and that they have to keep driving the bus at a certain range of speeds or the bomb will go off oh okay yeah yeah but i tell you what i tell you what i immediately thought of when it said if your heart rate reaches 180 then you're going to die kind of or you're going to go into a coma the the thing that it that immediately made me think of was in star cops now i'm going to forget the name of the episode it's all right you can I don't help know me either. it's the it's the episode where they use an experimental drug on a on a crew who are going to be isolated for an entire journey oh right it just so happens that the thermostat on their ship malfunctions the temperature within the ship hits 41 degrees mm -hmm. and that is a the 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 heat causes a side effect in the drug and it ha always happens exactly it's essential to the plot of the episode that it always happens at exactly 41 degrees <laughs> your 180 heartbeat was as soon as i just it's, uh, i think that's in cold blood Might that's the, the name one of that episode? thank you yes that's it. that seems like a remarkably short title for an episode of star cops though <laughs> it's like or in warm blood or in something but yeah it's something like that mm -hmm. it, it did it seemed Right. You I mean it's not and the fact that they that they said earlier that only some people hit, have this happen. It's like, well, wait, then you can't do a trial of one on Roz and decide that this is a success. 
<clears throat> also, you know, maybe it didn't really hit Roz till it was 182. You know, it just, you just, I, I mean, it was, that was. And, and you know, here's another thing that, that really struck me as a, a poor payoff. They set Ed up as a great fighter. And, and then they make Hex into a super soldier. And that fight was not very impressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Yeah, yeah. Um, that seems like that should have been a key uh, component to to solving this, but instead it just wasn't. And <laughs> I mean, we already know Ed can beat a super soldier pumped up guy, but well, maybe he can because the other well, guy collapsed. No, he can, but yeah, he, can, he yeah he di- he didn't he didn't beat them without the effect of the the heart rate reaching 180 so it did look like ed was finally getting the upper hand there for a moment though but oh you mean in the fight at the end with, with no in the, the fight end. at the beginning i mean ed was getting oh, beat well, then he looked like he was starting to turn the tide a little bit and then the guy collapsed which i think is why ed felt so bad because he thought that he had gone too far yeah except i didn't i didn't think that made sense because he did he did look genuinely upset but yet the reason they were called in was because they kept collapsing, wasn't it? So well, did they yeah, did they know that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they well, knew. It was like we'd we'd like you to come in and do a job for us. Okay. What do you need? <laughs> um have you got a black belt? What as it happens, yes we do. Could you have him come in and fight some people and afterwards I'll explain what's going on? <laughs> it's it's a gambit job. It's a gambit. This is yeah. this is the thing. I I I realise that it may sound like I'm clutching at straws trying to draw these parallels with the new Avengers, but the martial arts thing, and particularly this very kind of nondescript martial arts thing, was a commonplace activity in the new Avengers. Mm-hmm. So you'd of, you'd often have them kind of that it, you meet a new character, you'd you'd see them train training with with Gambit or Purdy in their in their dojo within the whatever organization they work for and in particular this this is where i'm going to try and offer a bit of actual evidence there is one of the canadian episodes the gladiators which is all about essentially super soldiers now the episode doesn't follow exactly the same principles because the super soldiers are actually trained by you know a a, a, that it their strength comes from their training okay. and their and their mastery of this this capability in other words they become so good at martial arts that they can deflect a speeding bullet yada 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 it's actually a better episode than it sounds when you describe it but that to me was what i kind of got the vibe off of ed because i it's it seemed like we were expecting him to be as good as gambit and so to see someone who could beat ed is a genuinely surprising opening but the problem is it's not surprising if you haven't watched the new avengers and you aren't thinking about gambit because we've never seen ed fight anyone before in in a competitive you know in a fair in a sporting fight i mean it's a sporting chance and it's yeah i mean ed to me has always been the chopper pilot guy Right? The guy who climbs things, the guy who races things quick, 
not yes, yes. The, the fight. Beckett is the guy who looks like he could take you out in a fight. Well, yes, although it might not be fair, a bit like Steed, but Ed Ed is Ed is the Ed is the, the kind of extreme sports type person. He's 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 climbing up the outside of Ros's building, chinning up balconies and things, because he likes the extreme side of it, the the danger side of it. And so doing something as controlled as martial arts, you know, as, <laughs> a, as, refusing a sport, to call it karate. A, a sport where there are, you know, well-defined rules of engagement. That doesn't strike me as being particularly Ed, so... No. I didn't know how good he would be in that particular scenario where he was bound by those rules. He's just, he's just the wiry guy, right? He just doesn't look like the... He just isn't has never come off as the guy that's going to be the the fighter. Um, and he's never demonstrated that either. I mean, if he had those skills prior to this, I can think of a couple of situations where he might have, you know, judo chop and uh, and gotten out of a little problem. But uh, yeah, it, it just and, that, and and I think that make that makes the resolution to that difficult because then, it, you know, if Ed did have this reputation for fighting and then he was fighting someone who was a souped up. You know, a, a, a super soldier injected with the fixed trimesserone, then he would really have a challenge, and you could have a long, big punch up, and that would be your climax. But if Ed isn't that guy, then he's just going to get pulverized if it goes, you know, beyond Avalon. And I think they avoided that quite cleverly in the Avengers because they built they they built up the gladiators as being essentially unstoppable and unbeatable in terms of brute strength so you don't beat them with brute strength i don't even remember they, this episode but you you steed defeats them through clever i mean that's that is what well you it's not expect. it's not it's yeah it it exactly it's it it is it's done through through a combination of cunning and teamwork and those are the those are the skills i mean obviously we know they're super duper at their martial arts and fighting but those are the skills that we expect from the new Avengers and the skills that we expect from from Team Bugs are to do with their their technical mm-hmm. capabilities and their their commitment to each other. You know, they every episode they rely on getting bailed out by the others in the team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it, but I just. There were just points where I just I kept laughing. It's like the building with no door. Okay. <laughs> oh, they've got a force barrier. Well, not as, I wasn't not expecting that. The, the the force barrier was just another kind of random. Hey, this would look cool, um, but it wasn't as good as the glass security doors that the guy just dove through. I I, I don't actually think they looked the barrier looked good either. Oh man, it's 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 got to be the '90s equivalent of driving through boxes, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, it's. <laughs> How are we going to get past this? Eventually, someone's going to push the reset button. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like... And the, and the, and there was there was some you know ge- generally. I mean, you mentioned the shooting the 
um, Esther, Esther House entering the lift at the end in a way mm-hmm. that disguises the fact that there is a trolley in there to try and make that plausible. There was, there were definitely some rather iffy editing choices that either make things that obfuscate things or make things confusing in this. Uh huh. It, 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 yeah. I will. I will just for balance say I did think the directing in the lift shaft was super in terms of creating a real sense of vertigo you know a feeling of you really don't want to lose your footing and you're really having to sort of stretch to reach the the door or whatever i'm gonna say that if i were in that situation i'm I'm trying to put my put my mind to this so you come up to a door that has a building that has no doors on the ground floor it's like okay that's weird and there's nothing in the building so that's weird and you're able to go into the parking garage and you do find an elevator shaft, but there is no elevator in it. Honestly, before I climbed 19 floors, I'd climb two and Good take idea. a look around. I'll tell you what else <laughs> I would do. I would, be, I would be saying, hey, Ed, why don't you climb two floors? And we'll keep a lookout down here. There's another one. Yeah, I was wondering why all of them went climbing. <laughs> we'll wait we'll wait and see whether there is any actual exit off that lift shaft rather than getting to the nineteenth floor, discovering there's no way off the lift shaft either, and then having to back down one after the other in exactly the Fair same enough. Way. Fair enough. I, I, I was wondering why all three of them were going. I, at first I thought, well, obviously Ed's going to climb this. And then they made some comment and I thought, wait, two of them? No, all three of them. Okay. All right. Um, that seems excessive. Well, let, let's talk about... Uh, and the guns. What was up with their guns? No idea. Were they supposed to just be high tech? I've never seen anything like that big plastic thing that they had stuck on the top. I'm not an expert on guns, I, you know. Neither am I, but I just... At first, I thought they were some sort of uh, tranquilizer gun. They were so weirdly structured. And then then I got a good look at one, and it's like, no, nah, it looks like an, a quote-unquote ordinary metal gun with some big plasticky things stuck on the top of it. And I it's like, is that just supposed to look cool? Or is that supposed to be a thing? Or And if it is supposed to be a thing, why didn't they pay that off and tell us what that thing was? Well, I assume it is a thing that one might know about if one knew a bit about guns, but it's probably not a thing that you would have in this situation. It's just a thing that looks cool. Therefore, it's the answer to your question is both. It looks cool. Okay. Um, how about that bomb? It's well, I yeah. It's very kind of um, boy's own adventure type of thing. Ball bear, ball bearing mechanism, completely tamper proof. Okay, um, so is this guy a bomb building hobbyist? Then is this a labor of love that he's come up with this thing? And you know it's so cool visually. I'm sure that you want to stick around and watch it. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I I don't know. I mean, if you want to, if you want to blow the people up or whatever, then there are definitely more expedient ways of doing it. So, I I had a problem in this in terms of the way that things. I mean, I I was recognizing it within the formula, and therefore just kind of go, okay, well, this is just the bugs formula. This is this is what we've this is what we've paid the entrance price for so this is what we're going to get but it is like that 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 seems unnecessarily complicated also who mm. has frequency homing steered rockets and uh, even if you do even if you do well I, all right i guess it's possible um yes i suppose it is it could be useful i'm still thinking heat seeking is a lot more useful true but all right, then you're going to use your frequency steered rockets on people. You've got to know them quite well. And it wasn't clear to me that, you know, he knew yeah. he was dealing with team bugs. They would always have these things. And he's had to track down what frequency is used so he can tune it to the right frequency and so on and so forth. But even when you when you get to all of that, that he's he's got the knowledge and he's got the actual military hardware to do this. I'm still questioning the fact that is this the simplest way to take them out right they're all alone in a place and he has a gun yeah yeah it's like and you're willing to kill him so i don't think that the the whole thing oh but we're not allowed to use firearms in britain so i better use missiles (laughs) it really comes off and and here's another thing about esther house of course that was hex but you know esther house in general the guy's got the kit Right? I mean, he's got the computers, he's got the lab, he's got his own stinking building that he's had custom redesigned for him. I mean, I get the stairwell was just blocked, bricked off. That's not a big deal. And I guess you could take the door out of the front and, and whatnot. And, but he's got, he's got super force field barriers and he's got radio frequency tracking missiles. And, and so the guy appears to be a formidable adversary for bugs and yet he isn't really no i i didn't feel like he was using the assets he had in a way that properly counterbalanced the assets that they have in this to show that they were a, a match it 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 just it, it it's just a bit of a miss like those frequency seeking missiles and and i just want to say i i'm not an expert on bombs so, you know, if there are any bomb squad experts out there, and I'm thinking that of all the bombs that you might be able to look at and defuse, that timer might have been tamper-proof because it was in a glass case. And I assume that it had some sort of a tilt switch on it so that if you tilted it so that the ball bearings didn't fall, uh, that would that would trigger it. But... When you have two bottles of explosive and they've got wires going into them, that's a pretty sure sign you can snip the wires. Because wires snip nothing to detonate the fluid. And I, I, I would, if I were crumbling at the last possible moment and I had no way of getting away from it, I would have no problem snipping those wires. You know, in, in the bomb diffusing, it's like, I know how electricity works. If you can't get the electricity to this fluid, it is not going to blow up. <laughs> it's like, worst kind of bomb they could have put there, to to my mind. 
So, I don't know. It just, it was... <laughs> and then, and then, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on a treadmill, and I've gone to the elaborate lengths of rigging the treadmill so that at a certain level it increases the weight on a weightlifting machine that would kill this person. That's bad. And then, now I'm going to leave you here to die, and how am I going to tie you down? I'm not. I'm going to I'm going to put some heavy weights on you and hope that there's no way you can figure out how to wiggle out from under them. Come on. You on a <laughs> computer controlled. Yeah. Weight machine which within I... foot range, yes. Luckily she could just hit the down arrow and down arrow means less weight, not put some more weight on it. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, all of those things were so horribly contrived when I'm watching it. I'm just like, okay, okay. And do you know what the best part was that was a total failure to pay off to me of this episode? Was when Kane was chasing Roz. Because at that moment, it looked like we were going to see what this formula could really do and we did to a little bit like when he's climbing upside the 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 elevator and and whatnot and you go oh okay we are this is this is something to be worried about that struck me as the potential for the episode was coming into its own and then it didn't just like not seeing hex really do much with his super soldier ability at the end it 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 seemed like the afterthought so, well, they got to solve it with a technology, with this bomb. So they solved it with an elevator, which I guess is technically technology. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's supposed oh, yeah. to be the, te- the technology in the building. Rod says, Inter- interesting, I've never seen anything quite like it. And I found that puzzling at the time because it looked like some electric fires and a few PCs behind a sheet of polythene. But it also didn't pay off in any way. I uh-huh. mean, there wasn't any interesting technology, was there? Not really. Just some computers and that game simulation. Woohoo! Well, which, but, the whole but that town. was that was on the that was on a different floor. That was yeah, that was Ed right. looking at the game situation. Ed, Ed yeah. apparently having now mastered the ability to use a mouse. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't the technology that she was referring to. She appeared to be talking about hardware because, you know, she wasn't sitting in front of a screen at the time. And I don't know why she hadn't seen anything quite like it. Yeah, I... I, I, The whole... Yeah. (laughs) I don't disagree. I was just referring to the, the tech in general in this episode that just didn't seem like they were... Our guys didn't seem to be coming up against the good stuff. You know, the frequency-seeking no, no. missiles was far better than the other stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't... I did. I was trying to, trying to again, keep track of the bugs tech, or mm-hmm. you know, primarily Roz's stuff. And she's got a thingy that can trigger a security system. Um, it looks pretty much like a standard PowerPoint laser pointer. And maybe it was, actually, because it appeared to be triggering a motion sensor. So I don't know. Could be don't know if that that is that is all it was but the slightly more impressive thing was the 
ability to tell whether a security camera was working. I have no idea how that worked. Oh, that's probably fairly... Um, so the security... Any, any piece of powered-up equipment like that would be generating some radio frequency. And if it was off, ah, okay. it wouldn't. So, right. So, I mean, I don't know that you could stand at that distance and tell, but... Well, but also I'm wondering how how can you tell? And, and I mean, maybe it's a kind of off-the-shelf product that they've that they've just rigged up as part of their security system. But if you don't know how well shielded it is, and therefore True. what the normal radiation is when it's on, are you going to be able to tell? Like well, a security camera you've never I, seen before. That's a darn good question. I guess you know she's familiar with the model of camera, perhaps, but. Um... Uh, yeah, I th- I think there's a there's a reason. I think they're probably taking some shortcuts there. I will say this: I'm sure that you can buy this stuff right off the shelf, because you can buy it at any uh, ghost detecting supply store. <laughs> because that's just the kind of stuff that they use: digital thermometers and EMP de- detectors. So, because clearly that's a sign of a ghost. So. Um, I, I, such things do exist to just go out and buy. I, and, and who knows, maybe even for legitimate purposes. But, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure that there's, I, I'm sure that there are people who measure EMF uh, just for like OSHA things. So yeah, sure, there's meters that would, that would be looking at electronic equipment like that. But I'm sure Roz has, you know, souped up better one. Then I, Was this the episode or am I confusing this with something else i've seen in the last few days where they pulled out a device and pointed it at what appeared to be a a a, a push button combination lock yes i'm i'm not sure about that one but okay <laughs> thought that was kind of fancy that that's the one that made yeah, me go yeah. i don't know about that <laughs> Because it was it was it was sufficiently automated to be able to read out on its digital display what the code you should type in should be. Yeah. So, getting pretty close to being a sonic screwdriver. Yes. Except that it didn't do the actual unlocking. You still had to punch in the numbers yourself. Yeah. So that was a, a little. Let, let, let's uh, let's devolve from the technology for a moment, and and let's ask the question about. Dr. Hunter's research. Clearly, DeFreitas knows that he's working on a performance-enhancing drug. Because she, she tells Bugs that up front. That it's supposed to be natural. Made from nature stuff. And so, <laughs> therefore, not... Detectable. Or against the rules. Well, yeah. I'm going to ask that question. Is it really not against the rules? Because I, I think the point, I think the point behind doping laws is not whether or not it's detectable or not. It's whether or not it's allowing you to cheat. And yes. it feels to me like this is cheating. And and they say and that. Esther, and Esther House calls it cheating. And I, uh, yes, it is cheating. And and again, I think there is a there is a an opportunity in that. Because they're setting up this idea of sport versus war. Hunter is supposed to have some idealism about 
that at least he says he does at the end but yeah because you know because he hates the idea of his invention being used as part of a military coup because you know colonels would come to you about this for for why (laughs) if it weren't military i guess there's the soft power aspect if you think you know they're elite athletes are going to be able to form well in international tournaments or something like that but that calls up the whole kind of notion of expressing these kinds of forms of competition through essentially benign activities that allow you to pick a winner yada 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 without killing people and causing all the misery that that war causes and and there's the ideally the idealism around that and so i don't know i mean potentially I thought it was quite interesting, the idea that Hunter could be idealist in that respect and yet completely corrupt in terms of winning it by unfair means. Right. And and surely de Freitas is as well, right? Because... Yeah. But we don't hey. have to worry about her because she gets shot. Which means they don't get paid. Good point. Good point. Though by that by that time, I think their their main motivation is probably getting out alive. Hey, those gadgets don't come cheap. <laughs> true, it's true, and uh, and you know we have seen that there isn't necessarily a high survival rate for their clients, so that <laughs> may have an effect on their bottom line. It might. Nevertheless, I would have thought when they notice that the boss has copped it in this one. They're hardly going to walk off the job going, well, if we're not getting paid, we're going home. I think at that point, they're so committed that they've got to see it through. Well, you know something? Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Yes, I mean, you might think that. But at the same time, think about your opponent. I think at that moment, maybe you could argue with a mercenary. Paycheck's over. I'm I'm off the clock now. I don't care what you do. All right, you guys can go. I believe you. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get. I didn't get the vibe that the that the our heroes thought that. I mean, Rod says these guys are mad. I, I'm not sure I got enough from Esther House or Hex to really get a sense of what their attitude as, what kind of characters they had, and I think that's largely because. We were we were witnessing acting so bad there that really they they could have been auditioning for an episode of, of Star Hunter, albeit five or six years early. Yeah. It was a little dire. They were pretty awful, and yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen them in anything else, so I don't know whether it was a a duff performance, duff direction, or something else. Um, they might be fabulous actors in everything else they do. Mm. Yeah, you you can't you can't pick on a blame them for the one thing you've seen them in. But it was a little, yeah, it was a little uh, bad. I, I do have one question. Ross is supposed to be a smart person, right? Mm-hmm. Why then? Why then did Ross run up the building instead of down the building when she was stealing the? Uh, the trimezerone formula. I yeah, I I didn't understand that. Again, I I I assumed there must be some logic 
to it in the script, but the the direction had just mangled whatever sense there was of. I felt like you're inside it and it works. She's going, she gets in an elevator. Okay. She gets the first elevator she can. It's going up. I get that. But she's going to beat that guy getting to the top. And then you go back down. <laughs> I don't know. It just, or you run into the staircase and you run down, not up to the dead end roof. Unless, you know, Ed's there with a paraglider or something. But I, I, it it was not making any sense. Except, except that I knew as soon as she started running up that Kane was going to fall off the roof. Because that has to be what was happening next. The fact that he didn't fall all the way off the building just, just partway... Is, well, he landed on the roof. Yeah, he landed on the roof from the... Fell off one bit of roof onto another bit of roof. But I knew he was going to be at the top of that building and fall. Because that's the only reason that you would lead her up to the top of that roof. Unless there was, like I say, an incredibly elaborate escape plan set up for it. But it was it was uh, not <laughs> well thought out in that respect. Casting-wise, mm-hmm. interesting seeing Ian McNeese, who I thought was rather good, in fact, rather wasted. in. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny. Um, he was in... We did Quatermass a while back, and he was in that as well. And I thought he looked Wait, younger what? in this. He was the guard at the, at the faux BBC studios. Oh, in the 79. Yeah. God, yeah. And and when I saw him in this, I thought, this doesn't make any sense. He actually looks younger here than he did in that, or in better shape. I mean, Mr. McNeese is not the sveltest of men now um, when you see him in recent stuff. Doc well, Martin of course. Or Doctor Who. Or, yeah. Yes. Do- listeners will probably be most familiar with his performance as Churchill in Doctor Who. Yeah. In fact, he was looking so good, healthy-wise, and, you know, I'm not saying he was thin, but I, I was like, I couldn't place him at first. Like, I absolutely no, I know that guy. I, I absolutely know that guy. It's not Robbie Coltrane. It's somebody I know. And he, Though he I think he is, what, he is one of those... He is one of those I know that face actors where you spend the whole episode going Arr! because you get some something about his you know his appearance and his mannerism because he's playing all of these supporting character parts mm-hmm. and you know they're they're quite different characters, but he's quite easily recognizable, so you go, well, he's definitely familiar, there's no question. But yeah. you can't connect it with the character, and therefore you you know with uh, with the name of the actor. Yeah, it it, it, it took a moment, but but yeah, it, he was and he, and he did he did fine in the episode. We we can't leave an episode of Bugs without talking about the tag scene. Oh well, yeah. Just before we do the tag, then because that probably ought to finish things off. Let me just mention the. The writer Colin Brake, who will be back for 
um, quite a few more episodes of Bugs. I can't remember exactly how many, but I think it's the th- the telly that he's done the most for, apart from maybe a stint. He was he started out on East End as a story editor, mm. but I think in terms of his TV credits, it, it was the the biggest number of of things. Um, and I mentioned TV credits because I'm not that familiar with other stuff he's done on telly, but he's done a fair few big finish audio things, including a number of, of Doctor Who's. I thought you were so, going to say he was the scriptwriter for Speed. <laughs> not according to IMDb, but I I don't know. Yeah, well, fair enough. No, that 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 one is definitely a. I, I saw it. I thought speed. I said he must. The writer must have just seen the film. I then immediately went and looked, and it's like, oh, nineteen ninety four. Absolutely, that is. He's, he he probably started the script right after coming back from the theater. It's like that's. I gotta store that idea for something. Anyway, the 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 completely and utterly pointless tag scene. Unlike. The other tag scenes? The others, yeah. <laughs> or tag scenes in general? Do we really believe, I alluded to this earlier when it comes to the fighting, but do we really believe that Beckett is flabby and out of shape, as is implied in this? I, I, I'm thinking this is a secret agent guy who who's, just, you look at him, he looks like a, he looks like a solid rock <laughs> of a human being and that's not just doesn't necessarily his acting shape, it's true <laughs> it's like, he 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 strikes me as somebody who who would not be all oh, exercise oh. <laughs> it's like, and i also thought it was i know it was for a joke but but really when i saw ed wearing that gold freaking medal i'm thinking why is he standing around the living room in his black belt outfit with a gold medal around his neck? Is that an Olympic gold medal? Are we supposed to think he's an Olympic gold medalist in nondescript martial arts that is definitely not karate? Uh, <laughs> but they speak Japanese when they're starting the match, so you're supposed to think it's karate? The punching and kicking style just was not... I'm not an expert, but that was a little street fighter in there too. Uh, in, in the fight, too much, too much punching instead of instead of striking. You know, it looked like Ed was pulling back into a fist and punching the guy in the gut there a couple times. It just didn't didn't look right. But I I, I didn't see that where that was going. It didn't go anywhere good. But. Fight or the tag scene? Oh, the tag scene. Sorry, yeah, I'm back to the tag scene. <laughs> I, I mean, it was the the gag was eating the medal, wasn't it? So that's yeah. why the medal was there. It was kind of like contrived again because Ed is not the kind of person who seemed to be into those competitive sports and therefore likely to have a medal that wasn't a chocolate one or be sitting around the house in it. And yeah, exactly. But on the other hand. You know, at least, yes, it was feeble, but at least it wasn't offensive. <laughs> okay, feeble is is the best I could come up with it. That, that is about the perfect description of it. I, I couldn't even, 
I, <laughs> I, when that one ended, I was just like, why didn't they just cut that off? Well, they've got to have a tag scene. But, well, I mean, I've, I've literally written feeble in my notes here. I mean, that was the first thing that I wrote after seeing it. I can't write down. I can't say what I wrote down, but it, <laughs> uh, but it, it equates to feeble. It equates to feeble. I think that that's, that's a far better word for it. <laughs> what is the, the next one is the last episode of the first series of it is, Bugs, indeed. if I'm not. Number 10, what is that called? It's called Pulse. Pulse. Mm. But we've already done heart rate in this one. How are they gonna? How are they gonna tie some sort of death experiment to someone's pulse in the next episode? I know nothing about the next episode, but I'm willing to bet something's gonna go off if somebody's heart rate does something. Just, I'm gonna go out there on a limb now. Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series, Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. On the next episode of Fusion Patrol, it's the... Ah, what the heck, let's embrace the hyperbole. The exciting season one finale of Star Hunter Redux with the two-part episode, Travis... And resurrection. Join the conversation on Fusion Patrol.